0: Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast, your home for all things Balter Wanderers, up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast.
1: Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. This time we are back with another preview episode, and we're joined by Lee from the Brunton Bugle. How are you doing, Lee?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking ahead to a, this weekend's game, it would be nice to have a, a good away following up at Brunton Park as well. You know that that's been one of the real bonuses of being back in League One is not having two hundred fans coming up in January for a game from Cheltenham and Forest Green and places like that, <laughs> having big big followings. Even even like the smaller teams are bringing up bigger followings, and it's nice. Yeah. It sounds weird. You, you wouldn't think you'd enjoy that, but it's good to have good
1: atmospheres in the ground. No, definitely, absolutely. We're uh, we're looking forward to to coming up to uh, to Carlisle. Making for an interesting game. Chris, how are you this yeah. evening?
0: Yeah, good, good. Yeah, likewise, looking forward to a, a good away game. Um, at, uh, well, what was a disappointing one last weekend at, at Orient, but yeah, no, we're good. Three, what, 3,000 fans, close on 10,000, I imagine, in total, lead do you reckon? I know that...
2: Yeah, I think mean, most of our home games have been about. Um... Like eight or seven eight or nine thousand right about yep. this season we've, we've about seven half thousand home fans of most games so i easily it should be that i mean i think we've had a couple of signings we made today as well which might help things a little bit wow, yeah. time, So, oh so yeah i mean yeah i've
0: not been in long from work and starting well, a bit selling and oh blimey
2: interesting one of, one of them's a familiar face to you guys as well so
1: it'll be interesting to see how that goes that
0: get away from him <laughs> <laughs> <Should we> bring, <laughs> <free> just, <laughs> yeah
1: josh velary uh you just must love playing against us that's what it is i think very warm welcome to you all in the chat this evening i uh, appreciate you all joining us of course we hope you're having a uh, a great week let us know how you're all doing but without further ado we will get stuck into this evening's episode of the preview <laughs> So, of course, Wanderers will take an away visit to Carlisle United and it's going to be a, a good game, hopefully. Not that we all need a reminder, uh, a different outcome to the one uh, in the home leg. I'm sure we will uh, not be fancying a repeat of that one. But, Lee, what are you expecting from Wanderers turning up at Brunton Park and, and how do you expect Carlisle to, uh, to to shape up against us? Are you, uh, are you confident? Um... I'm probably a little bit more covered than I should be
2: maybe for this one, just because I've been I've been reading up on your game against Cheltenham. And it sounds like you guys were maybe a little bit lucky in that one. And, you know, it, it sounds like you're struggling a bit of injuries and you're down to the bare bones almost. And it kind of makes me feel, all right, maybe we are in a better position because mm-hmm. we're the complete opposite now. We, we, we've signed, what, I think six players now in this, this January window. We needed those players because oh. we were struggling. Yeah, you know, we, we needed to add a bit of quality and the players we've all brought in are Except Sean Green is just as much as anything in body, really. In there, they're all quality players who are likely to go into the starting lineup at some point, you know. So, it's it's going to be an interesting one because last time out against Barnsley, we lost 2 1, but yeah. we we're excellent. And we, we could have been 5 0 up after that like half an hour. G- genuinely, like we Dan Butterworth had a chance to score a hat trick in the opening 12 minutes and, and messed it up. And Luke Armstrong did score, made a couple of other chances. And, it's the second half. They got a bit more into it Barnsley and, and they were a bit better, but their goal was just one of those ones with, I think it's Devante's goal score for them. And it's a great finish from a tight angle. It's really annoying.
0: Right. Yeah, it was an oh well, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a good
2: finish. And then the penalties, about softer of penalties you've ever yeah. seen. It's ridiculous. How it is given, I don't know. And then that just completely deflated us. And it was kind of like, how have we come away from this game with nothing when we play, actually played really well for the first time in ages? So... Our game against Cheltenham being called off last week was a bit frustrating because it's kind of like it would have been good market to see okay where are we at actually can mm. we actually put two good performances together that's been our problem all season. You know, we brilliant performance against you guys to win. Next oh game is late at late at we lost one nil and we just went just really flat. It's it, it, we just can't. There's no confidence is a big issue of us this season. But with these new faces coming in, you, you start to see those players have got a little bit of needle about them. I know from what I've read. Josh Vela Josh is going to be someone who definitely has a bit of needle with his, what, 13 <laughs> yellow cards he's had this season. Um, Harrison Neal, who we signed, it was at Stevenage first half season, but a, a Barrow last season, he looks at he loves a tackle. He First few games, he'd be flying into the... Really, really get the fans going. And, and Luke Armstrong looks up for the battle up front as well. So I, I think we're giving ourselves as good a chance as we can. But the, the key thing for us as much as anything is get a bit of momentum going into the final stages of the season. So even if we do go down, if the worst happens we can kickstart next season and, and really have a good going league too with, you know, what should be a really decent squad because the new owners have really come in and they've really backed Simo and off the pitch as well. They've done some brilliant stuff too, so it's going to be interesting. The new the owners are back over. They, they missed the last home game, I think it was, against Oxford. They'd gone back over to Florida, but they're, they're back over for now uh Tom and, and Patty Piatik. So, I think they're here to maybe for the last couple of days of the year transfer window to try and maybe push at least one more signing over the line possibly, so yeah, it's it's gonna be a very interesting one to see to see what happens this weekend.
1: Absolutely. Chris, how are you feeling heading into the game?
0: I I, that that's um summary from Lee is um yeah, that's uh yeah, it's giving me the eebie-jeebies. That's made me a little bit nervous. Six new signings, Josh Vella into the mix. Last what was it, October, seventh of October. Three mm. one after going one nil up, but um, yeah, it's going to be challenging. I think it is a bit, of, it's, it is certainly a different game because back in October, we were pretty much at, at full strength in terms of personnel, um, whereas as Lee quite rightly pointed out that we're, you know, for short numbers, uh, another long-term injury announced today for randell williams who's going to be out for another six seven weeks so similar injury to will forrester grade two hamstring um allegedly we have a new recruit coming through the door tomorrow well it'll have to be tomorrow because supposedly they're going to be ready for saturday who that will be um i've seen a few names mentioned i think the one based on the process of elimination the most likely Outcome will be Niall Ennis, um, coming in from Blackburn on loan until the end of the season. Um, who obviously did great things with Plymouth last season. Um, so that that'd give us a boost, but we can't. I don't think we're going to be signing another five on top of him to match um match Carlisle. Anyway, that six Lee, what for you personally? What who do you see as who's been the signing out that six that's made you think, yeah, like that.
2: Good question. That uh, I'd probably say Luke Armstrong because obviously he's, he's someone who a lot of fans will know. Wrexham were very close to signing him in August. Yeah. They famously put that picture of the moon, isn't it? To say Neil Armstrong, that you know, the joke yeah. wasn't it? And turns out they hadn't got the paperwork done in time. Um, which really, is that what it really,
0: was? Is that why it yeah, fell through?
2: Seemingly, the paperwork is all done too late. Like, there's, there's lots of suggestions that because technically it's an international transfer because you're going over to the FA Wales was right, a lot yeah. more involved with most of the transfers that, that Wrexham do. Um, but, yeah, seemingly they didn't get the paperwork done in time and Armstrong had gone down there and agreed this, you know, what will, will be a life-changing contract for him, really. And obviously he had to go back to Harrogate with his tail between his legs. And I, I don't think Harrogate would particularly angry. They're just like, it's a reality, isn't it? You know, he's going to be disappointed in that. You so can't
0: deny the lad, really, can't he? No. That opportunity, it's, yeah. you know, obviously, the, you know, I don't want to depend on the, the Disney club, but there is obviously... Yeah that extra level of expectation and, and, and sort of potential, even though they are a lower league club than us and yourselves, that they go yeah. places. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. And so obviously he goes back then and, and it's difficult for them to integrate him back into the squad. Yeah. Then they've accepted he's going to go in January as it is. I think Rexham were going to pay about half a million pounds for him. We've got him for allegedly half that much because basically Harrogate just accepted, look, we just need to get him out there right. and, yeah he's not going to go to wrexham now wrexham i think signed stephen fletcher after that on a, on yeah. a free and so for us it's worked out a brilliant because we were actually keen on him back then but we were just like told what the price was and that was before the takeover like
0: yeah not it. a chance yeah. we
2: can't get anywhere near it he, he's up he's we don't know the exact fee. We, we understand it's about a quarter million plus add-ons which makes him comfortably our record transfer so he's he's just looked like he's added a bit of edge to our attack he, he's 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 a big target man, but he's also mobile. He gets about the pitch. He he covers a lot of ground against Barnsley. He was constantly pressing the two centre-backs and it really caught, you know, he was sort of lurking in little areas and he actually picked up, the goal came from basically the goalkeeper passing it to him by accident because he just took that little step to the side to fill a bit of space, came to him and he put it into the net from 30 yards. Really good finish. and There's encouraging signs for him. But I would say on top of that, Harrison Neal definitely as well looks like he's a really good addition in midfield and and we've needed a goalkeeper, you know, because Thomas Hurley's, Confidence just went off a cliff in in December. He had three games where where he made mistakes, and it looked like we needed someone Harry Lewis coming in from from Bolton. Sorry, from Bradford, I should say. Mm. Um, has, has made a big difference, and it, it's got the added bonus. It's really wound up the Bradford fans big time. The fact that we've, you know, the the keeper who made oh, a mistake, he made the mistake in the playoff semi-final against us as well, which makes it even worse. He, he basically came for a cross that our defender got in and nodded into the empty net ahead of him. And now he's signed for us in in, in League One. He, he might well be in League Two us next season, but for a long-term signing, he, he looks like a really good addition as well.
0: Shrewd.
1: Certainly making some uh, some shrewd business, as you just ah. said there in the in the January transfer window. Wanderers not quite as uh, as as active as of yet. Obviously, <laughs> the rumour being that four new signings will be making their way in, but we will. Uh, edge away from transfer speculation and uh, take a look at our season so far for our away visit to Carlisle. So, uh, Wanderers currently sitting third in the table, looking to close that gap even further on the top two in Peterborough and Portsmouth. Carlisle? Uh, at the opposite end of the table, currently sitting 23rd, it's the thing that, obviously, with uh, your business in the transfer window, you'll be looking to make the jump out of there with a win and uh, possibly taking you above Cheltenham. Obviously, you've played a little bit more games than the rest of those in the relegation zone. What has, uh, what has led up to to this for Carlisle? What's, what's your season been like so far, obviously? If you look at the game you played against us, you wouldn't, in all fairness, have put you down in that position yeah. in the table. I think it's fair to say you blew us away. So what's uh, what's been the problem for Carlisle, do you think? A complete inability to string
2: two decent performances together. We can put that one decent performance every now and then, but then get that second one's a problem and confidence has been a big issue. I think the truth is we got promoted probably about one, maybe even two seasons ahead of schedule under Simpson. Like, we were brilliant last season to get in the playoffs. with a bottom, We had a bottom six budget in League Two and got promoted on that. The budget's gone up this season, but it's still bottom six. It's bottom six in League One now. So we're probably around about where we should be, really. Mm -hmm. This was obviously before the takeover happened in November, and and that's made a big difference, you know, in terms of what we've been able to bring in in January. We're we're not like a top-of-the-table budget now, but we're probably more like a mid-table budget. But we're obviously playing catch-up, and that's the problem. I think the hope was that the the takeover would have been done last summer so we could get a few players in in August. It didn't happen in time, unfortunately. So, like I said, we're very much playing catch-up. And it's been tough because we really want some of those players to do well, but they're just not quite... Some of them just haven't quite made the step up. And the others, like the likes of Owen a lot of our fans feel like he hasn't made the step up. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just the players around him haven't. And he's having to do a lot more work than he probably did last season. And that's been tough. Injuries haven't helped. I mean, losing Callum Guy for this season's really killed us because you probably remember from the game that you all played our number eight. He was fantastic. You know, he covers so much ground across the back Mm -hmm. four. He's a a really good holding midfielder. He did his ACL against Orient in the FA Cup at the start of November. And that's when we... Before that, I think most of the games we were losing 1-0 if we were losing them. So they're really, really tight games. And then we lost 3-0 at Blackpool. We lost 5-1 at um, at Reading. You know, we've had a few big defeats around by that time. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay that's where things have started to go a little bit wrong because we've lost that player who could do that job for us. Moxham's having to do that job and he's not that kind of player, really. So it's been a tough one. No one's really calling for Simo's head. That There's a handful of fans who are saying, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's not up to this level. Maybe it's, I think it's nonsense. So most of our fans accept that we got promoted much sooner than we did. We should have done. And there's a feeling amongst, I think a decent chunk of our fan base is that even if we go down stick with Simo because he's building yeah. something and he's building as a club, it's a really exciting time, you know, in terms of what's happening off the pitch as much as on the pitch. What the Piatics are doing, you know, we've got plans getting submitted for an actual training ground. Which, you know, if you see the foot, you, you might even see it this week. I don't know if the water's gone down enough, but our training ground is behind the waterworks and the the terrace that you're getting given behind a, a flood right. bank, and it's been flooded. For the start of the week, we couldn't train there because it's just basically it's like a it's like a lake because the, the, that's what the flood bank's doing. Its job. So the, the ground's been fine, but the, the, the training ground out of action. And that's actually where we're supposed to train. So, basically, the, the, the politics have come and said, right, we're, we're going to build a proper purpose-built training ground, 20 acres, you know, with all like four or five pitches, you know, like, like a proper clubhouse, which we haven't, yeah, yeah. we haven't had. And the academy can use it in the future as well. So, they've announced plans in terms of actually developing the boxes at the back of the East Stand, which is the seating stand that you guys will have a section of as well. So, I think there's a level of reality there in terms of what's happening this season. There are some fans, I think maybe new fans who've, Jumped on the ride last season when things were yeah. going great under Simo, that maybe getting a bit impatient. but I think the ones who are a bit longer in the tooth, like myself, I have to say, we're sort of saying, that, Let's just be a little bit calm about this. Let, let's understand that this is a long term thing. Let's not throw mm-hmm. the baby out of the bathwater and just, yeah. you know, get rid of Simo for, getting, for the sake of getting like a firefighter in. Like, a. I know he's gone to Forest Green now, but let's say you got rid of Simo to get Steve Cotter in to try nah, and keep yeah. That's great. But then you're stuck with a Steve Cotterell. Yeah, I say He's, he's yeah. not going to sign a six-month deal. You've got him on an 18-month deal. You're not right. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to watch this turgid football. We're going to have to put up with you know the way he wants to play things. Let's give Simo a chance to actually build a squad here that he, he wants in his mould.
0: When we train then, Lee,
2: Absolutely. you know. So we've, we've got a few options. So we we train when we can behind the uh, the water mix on our pitch there. But we also there's a rugby pitch, some rugby pitches in the town called Crichton, where the youth team occasionally have played in the past. Right, okay. Well, again, they're not ideal pitches; the quality is not as good. They're not bad, to be fair, but again, it's not our own facility. So you've got a rugby team's training um, changing rooms there as well.
0: Right. But okay,
2: we have to go to Gretna and train on their 3G pitch at the at Gretna's ground. Um, we've we've been down to I think Penrith's One we will start using a yep. bit more now because they've got a 3G pitch there. The football team. But also, Kendall Rugby Club, they've got a 3G pitch. And bear in mind, Kendall Rugby Club's about halfway down to Bolton, basically. So, oh, you know, we've had to go that far because there just isn't the options of the time. That's why building a facility would be a good thing for us because for the city, it's also a facility that the community can potentially use. Oh, absolutely, to the also, yeah, absolutely. So,
0: yeah. yeah. It's the same with ours. I mean, we, hmm. we're not exactly, you know, we don't... I, Exactly, have the most luxurious training facilities. They've done a good job with what they've got, mm. uh, but obviously, coming out of admin, we had to sell our previous training ground and make do. Um, but I think we need to be grateful for what we've got. Listening to what you, you're saying there, and hopefully that all, you know, with all due respect, it's it's your as a fan of a club, who, you know, with, with aspirations, it's your basic level of expectation, isn't it, yeah. to have that structure in place to have that academy and a place for it to live where it can live and then you know yeah, the
2: abs- absolutely and, and uh, this has been like an, an issue that Simo Zadson's coming back as well is that he's he feels a bit disappointed with the level of players coming through the academy even mm-hmm. though actually when you look in recent years well Jared Branford who's at Everton he came through yeah. our academy and you look how he's ah, doing okay. club, I mean he's potentially I mean there's talk of like Everton wanting 100 million pounds from. him and we've got a sell-on clause on that, so we're all like, Yeah, thank you very much. If you if you can I'll sell him for that it. much in the summer, <laughs> we will we'll we'll quite happily take that. Um, so there's him, obviously, a player you guys all know well in uh James Trafford. He came for our academy, yeah. He was yeah, we liked
0: him. Yeah, so we
2: lost him to Man City when he was 12. We lost Dean Henderson to Man United when he was 14. So, and there's a there's a lad at Newcastle, Joe White, who's just I think he was at true. I think he might have gone to Stockport now. He was in our academy and he left to go to Newcastle when he was young it's kind of like if we have those facilities it's not a guarantee but maybe we keep some no, of those it's players a
1: longer though, isn't
0: it of course it is exactly yeah
1: yeah also- it certainly makes for a more attractive proposition for both players coming in you know in uh, at senior level but also through through the ranks as an academy player we will uh, touch on some uh, pretty uh <laughs> frustrating uh segment for us now with uh our injury updates so without further ado we'll just get stuck into it it really feels like we'd uh just got on the uh gotten away from this but uh obviously the uh the news in camp is that Randall Williams will be out for six to seven weeks with a hamstring injury, adding to the growing list uh, of Kyle Dempsey, who will also miss the game uh, following his injury against Cheltenham. Will Forrester, who's also out. Danham Lunderloo with obviously the long-term injury with George Johnston with a long-term injury. Gethin Jones, who's out with Australia. Thankfully, we'll have Mendez Gomez back, but I don't think he can play centre-half. Uh, so uh, a little bit thin on the ground at the minute. What about you over at Carlisle? Are you uh, <laughs> are you injury free? Uh, well, not exactly. Obviously,
2: as I mentioned there, Callum Guy being out for the season is has been a big blow for us, but he won't be back till August, I think. So, starting next season, we're hoping. Um, who else is out? Josh Coyote, yeah. that, that, that's been a really frustrating signing for us because we had him on loan twice before. And we got him back on loan at the end of the window um, back in August. And we we're all really excited because he's hes a big target man. He's six foot five, but he's mobile. He can get about the pitch a bit as well. And he's got an enormous long throw, like huge. One of those long throws where you're like, I wish you'd be on the end of it because you're so good at throwing it, but you, you, you're so good at winning it as well. We have that with Luke Armstrong. I'm like, great, we've got somebody who could get on the end of it. Unfortunately, Coyote made his second day or third day before against Akronton in the trophy and dislocated his shoulder in that game but didn't know he dislocated his shoulder and then played I'm for an playing. hour against, he basically played for an hour against Stevenage at the weekend. His, his shoulder was a bit sore and he's kind of like, oh, it's quite sore. Like, and he had to come off as he subbed off. And then afterwards, like "We better scan that just to make sure. And he's like, oh yeah, you've dislocated your shoulder. So it's great. That's him out for three months. So he was out till January, but then obviously with something like that, you're going to get little niggly injuries because you're not playing you yeah, as yeah. much. So he's got a calf injury at the moment. So he's, Still wet, he was. We we're hoping he would be back for the Port Vale game on New Year's Day, and here we are, three weeks on, and he's still not fully fit again. And it's kind of like it's one of those ones where I think we were hoping we'd maybe make it into a permanent deal in the summer, hmm. but now everyone's like, is it worth the risk if he's going to be that injury prone? Probably not, I don't think. Wow. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of the head, who else is uh injured? I mean, Ben Bark he's just come back to fitness, which is good news. Terry Oblade as well, he's been out for a, a month or two, and um, we've he's, he's really rapid in me. Maybe not the greatest on the ball, but he'll he'll terrify with his pace. I think he came on against you guys in the second half and actually caused a few problems with his pace. Um,
0: what, side he, what side does he play on, Lee?
2: He was on the right side. He's a, a winger, number twelve. He was a right. little okay. short lad, but he's very very quick. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of Tom Hedder, anyone else. Oh, Josh Emmanuel. Um, he's uh, out, um, so I think he, he's the ex ex Bolton as well. If I remember, Tom Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We signed him in November on a free, been out of contract, uh, we hadn't signed for to anyone. And, and he looked lively in his first few games and then defensively struggled a bit. I think that maybe was the not playing games caught up with him slightly. But then uh, I think it was against Exeter. He looked quite good playing at right wing back again because he'd been playing right back in previous games. Unfortunately, he injured himself against Exeter. I'm not 100% certain whether he's back for this game or not, or maybe you have to wait a bit longer. But Wasn't he we've got... He was at Hull, yeah. He was at Grimsby yeah. last season. Um, yeah, but at and he and he did very well at Hull. But I think he, he got quite a mystery illness, didn't he? I think, and they didn't know what it was wrong with him, and right, he was out yeah. for a while. Um. So yeah, but we've actually got more options at right wing back now. We suddenly we've got three good right, right wing backs in emmanuel <laughs> Finn, back la- Finn back is on Finn back who's on loan from Forest. He's he looks a fantastic player, but again he's a bit injury prone. And Jack Ellis, who actually came through our academy, is a Kendall lad and. He he's whenever he's played for us, he never lets us down. He's so good, solid defensively. He's very good one on one defending, and it's sort of almost like in the way that Juan Bissaka is for Man United. He just mm. it's very difficult to get past him. When you get one on one with him, he, he tracks the man so well. Going forward, he's got a bit of work to do, but he's actually looked better and better the more he's played for us. He's only twenty years old, but he looks a really wow. good prospect. Yeah, injury wise, off the top of my head, I, don't, I can't think anyone else who's potentially out for us. Um, no i think that's it at the moment really i think they're, they're the only ones i've probably we've missed just, someone and someone's going to correct me but yeah
0: we've just had an update as well lee that and i, I as i say i've not long been in from work so my research isn't as in-depth as it normally is um but i saw an article earlier and a couple of people have mentioned it excuse me in the chat that uh Kyle density is actually fit and ready to go and the injury wasn't as bad as first thought He came on as a sub the other night against Cheltenham. Went on a marauding run. I mean, Fod Varsen and and he pulled up and it looked pretty bad. But seemingly he's been given a clean bill of health and he will be in the squad um, for Saturday. Uh, Being a Carlisle lad, one would hope that he's up for it. He's not been in the best of form recently after coming back from injury, but hopefully, uh, well, we'll have no choice but to play him because midfield is um, down to the bare bones, bare, shall we say. It is indeed.
2: <laughs> I've just realised no, that no. I, I've, I've missed one player who's injured, that's Jocko Anderson. He's our, one of our goalkeepers. He's on loan from Reading. He's uh, He uh, he broke his shoulder bone or something like that, I think, or collarbone, I think, back in, I can't remember when it was. it was. It would have been back in like November or something like that. He'd fully recovered from it. We were told that the scan showed it was fine and he made his first save in training and broke it in exactly the same place. Oh. So he's probably not going to play for us again this season, which is not that big of a disappointment because he's not been that good for us. To be oh. <laughs> he, he had about six or seven ricks in him in, in his like, eight or nine games he played. So I, we're not overly disappointed that he's not going to be involved.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, bare bones in camp for the Wanderers, uh, hopefully. With the uh coming through the door. At least one will be available for Carlisle. We'll have to wait and see. But I think that rounds off this evening's I, episode.
0: I, I, I've got one. Sorry. I've got to I've got to ask because <laughs> obviously he, he he I think outside of Brunton Park, you know, if you if, if you talk about Carlisle, the first name that people always mention is Owen Moxon. Um and thinking about, obviously, the introduction of Vela uh, and some of the other new signings into that area of the park. It, do you think that the club... Have, I, I noticed that he's, he's not going to sign a new contract. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts on the situation with Mox and Lee? It,
2: it, it's a strange one. Like Some of our fans are getting a bit hepped up about it, and I think it's a bit silly, really, acting as if you know, he owes us a living or something, when... He doesn't you know he's brilliant for us last season he, he, he I wouldn't say he dragged us up to league one but he was a massive part of the reason why we went up he's 26 you know he, he's not a, a youngster that's the thing i think some of our fans forget he joined us as a 24 year old having left as a 16 year old before he even got to YTS deal he he's probably only got two big moves left in his career possibly. And he's, you know, he's, he's stocks really high. I don't blame him really for the fact that he's going to keep his options open. If we stay up, he may well still sign a deal. I don't know. But if we go down, does he want to be stuck in in League Two? Of course, he doesn't really. He wants to potentially, you know, be playing in the Championship. I guess. So, I, I don't think we'll sell him. I think, I, I think we'll stick with him unless it's a hmm. stupid offer. Like, let's say someone came in and said, well, "We're going to pay half a million pounds." Well, he's out of contract six months. Yeah. Maybe, but it would have to be an absolutely stupid offering thing to let him go. We wouldn't accept the quarter of a million pounds that Blackpool offered us in uh August. I think it was for him. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see us accepting an even similar offer now. I think because I think he's too important. And yeah, he hasn't been as good this season, but he's still been very good. His stats show that he's, he's one of our best performers. So yeah, yeah I, I i kind of feel like the likeliness this weekend is I think Josh Vella probably will come straight in, but I think you're more likely to see a midfield of Mox and Vella and. Uh, Harrison Neal and we'll try and keep it compact and and battle for it and, and Butterworth and Armstrong will pick up the pieces and you, you, what you'll find is our two ring backs will get up and down the pitch as well a lot and John Mellish actually as well will push forward from defence he he loves to go into attack when we play a back free I think when we played you, get you guys down at uh, the tough sheet I don't think I think we played a back four in that game so I don't think you really got to see um, Mellish pushing forward in the same way that he normally does so. not, didn't he? Well, he's got the wrong net, yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> that
0: was the he, only way we were going to score that day. <laughs>
2: but, but yeah, he, he, he when we play a back three, he plays on the left side and he will bomb forward like mad all the time. He'll be constantly looking to attack. So, so yeah, he, it'd be interesting to see what he does in this game.
0: Excellent, absolutely.
1: Uh, I know I'm looking forward to it, hoping that Wanderers can come away with three points and close that all important gap on the top two, but. Equally, Cali will be uh, well up for it, hoping to uh, spur themselves on and and jump out of that relegation zone and avoid the drop back into League 2. So thank you very, very much for joining us this evening, ladies and gents. It's been a pleasure to have you with us. And thank you very much, Lee, from Brunton Bugle. If you want to find out any more about the Brunton Bugle and go and have a watch some of their stuff, their link is in the description. But thank you very much for joining us. And until the next one, take care, and we will see you very soon.
0: Cheers, all. Cheers.